got prayer request uh, wanted to mention. Y'all need to be praying for my wife. She's going to be have, she's going to have to spend quite a bit of time in the doctor here uh, for about the next nine months, probably. Um, it's ultimately going to result in an addition to our family. So, wanted to let everybody know about that. But my wife is with child at this time, and we are expecting number six. So. Um, thank the Lord for that and uh, just told the kids about it yesterday and they were pretty excited and so uh, we've known for we've known for a little while and actually when we found out it was uh, a kind of a sad day because um, you know we found that out you know the news all oh, man you know another baby's coming and then uh, that night was when I got the call that my grandmother passed away and it really just you know, uh, very uh, an emotionally uh, trying thing, and um, it was uh, you know it, it was pretty you know rough week, and uh, I was and I th- I was thinking about this passage of scripture that I'm going to be preaching on here um, after you know after everything happened, and I, well I want you to go ahead and take your Bibles. I want us to look at a verse, and really I'm going to I'm going to preach. It's a very serious message, but. Um, Y'all know me. I'm not the most serious person in the world, and uh, I, there's a, there's a great story I have to tell, kind of along along this line that just fits with the message. But Proverbs chapter 27, verse one. This is a good verse, good one to apply to memory. But it says, "Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth." Right, we have no clue what tomorrow holds for us. We have no idea. I mean, anything can happen. I mean, just think about September 10th, 2001. People had no clue what tomorrow meant to them. What was going to happen. I mean, on just a couple weeks ago, when we found out my wife was going to have, you know, have a baby, and then that night, find out my grandmother passed away. And, I, and you know... And I was thinking about it because really it's that's just kind of part of life. You know, usually the grandparents are the first to go and then the parents, but we don't really like to think about it. My grandmother was only 73. I wasn't ready to see her go. I wasn't expecting uh, to see her go that quick. Just uh, two weeks maybe before that, we had gone away on vacation and we were planning on going to Arkansas to visit them. And um, we found out that they were going to be coming here to Illinois that very next week for the anniversary at my dad's church. And so we're like, well, we'll not go to Arkansas this time since we're going to see them the very next week. And so they came here to Illinois and we were. it was Saturday. We were going to be seeing them on Monday and we didn't get to see them. I didn't get to see, didn't get to see my grandmother that last time. If I would have known... What was going to happen? We'd have went to Arkansas, but I didn't know. It wasn't what I expected. You know, my grandmother, uh, she was somebody that she was just always there for everything. You know, my grand, my grandparents, they were at, they have thirteen grandkids, and they were at every one of their graduations, except for one that still hasn't graduated yet. They were at every one of the weddings, with the exception of two that haven't been married yet. They were always at everything. 
And whenever there was big things going on at the church, they would be there for them. Big things going on in life, they wanted to be there for it. I remember when I had my ordination, they came to be there for that. They wanted to be at those big things because their grandkids were important to them. And you know, now the thought you know, that she's not going to be there for some of those things, it's, you know, it's, it's not a pleasant thought. And the truth is, though, this, things like that are something that we all know is going to happen. Tomorrow, what, what it holds, we really don't know. And the Bible says here, boast not thyself of tomorrow. And I'm not trying to scare anybody today. That's not what I want to do. But I want to, teach, I want to talk today about how to prepare for tomorrow. Because it's going to come. That day, we all know that we're going to eventually die someday unless we're taken out by the rapture. But if, that, if it's not that, we are all going to eventually die. But we're, you know, that's tomorrow. That's later. All right, we don't have to worry, you know, worry about that right now. We all know there's folks you know, that, we're, that we're going to lose, people we care about, that things that are, that are going to come to an end. And in 1 Samuel chapter 28, I want to show you a passage of Scripture here. This, this one's pretty scary. Because the truth is, when it comes to death, uh, you know, it's something a lot of times people don't like to talk about, something we don't like to think about. But you know, when you go to a couple of funerals, we were at, uh, we had two grandparents go. My wife's grandmother died the one week, and then my grandmother the very next week. And so you kind of, you know, you kind of start thinking about those things a little bit. On the way back from my uh, my grandmother's funeral, uh, I stopped in Missouri, I drove uh, real close to the cemetery where my grandma and grandpa on my dad's side are buried. And I remember I went out there to the cemetery and I wanted to stop by there. My great aunt, she was kind of like a she was like a grandmother to us. We called her grandma. She had passed away this summer too. I wasn't able to go to her funeral. I wanted to go out there and visit the gravesite where her and my great uncle were buried. And my grandma and grandpa McMurtry are buried there. Uh, you know, grandma and grandpa Graham, my great grandma and grandpa Graham are buried there in that cemetery. And you know, and I'm looking at these spots and uh, you know, just thinking. And the thought came to my mind, you know, once again that. This is all we end up with at the, at the end of it all. A spot of ground and a tombstone. I mean, you think about that. You go and you look at these nice houses and fancy cars and things people drive. When they die, all they're going to have left, as far as earth is concerned, is that little plot of ground and a tombstone. It's not much. But you know, I was, I was thinking about that. And you know, if you know, somebody said one time, if I knew where I was going to die... I just wouldn't go there. <laughs> but we don't know those things, do we? And you know, aren't you glad in a way that we don't know when we're going to die? But in 1 Samuel 28, verse 19, Saul, King Saul, he'd sinned, he'd, done, he'd gotten in all kinds of trouble, and God wasn't speaking to him anymore. He had gotten so far away from God. So Saul decided he wanted to talk to Samuel. Samuel was the prophet that helped Saul. He was the one that anointed Saul to be king. And he wanted to talk to Samuel, but Samuel wasn't there anymore. Samuel had passed away. Samuel had died. So Saul went to a witch, a woman with a familiar spirit, and wanted her to call up the spirit of Samuel. Which, by the way, that's some wicked stuff there. Uh, that's another sermon right there. But I tell you, these kids these days are messing with these Ouija boards and seances and things like that. That is wicked stuff. That's from the devil. And but and God allowed, but God allowed it to happen. 
He, Samuel gets called up, and he said, and Samuel tells Saul, he said, Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Samuel was just told when he was going to die. He said, Tomorrow. Tomorrow you're going to lose the battle. Tomorrow you and your sons are going to be with me. Samuel, who is dead? That'd be pretty scary if you found out, hey, tomorrow you're going to die. And uh, it reminded me of a when I was reading that passage, it reminded me of a story I heard one time. I don't know if this is a true story, but it's a story worth repeating. But a Minneapolis couple decided to go to Florida to thaw out during a particularly icy winter. They planned to stay at the same hotel where they'd spent their honeymoon 20 years earlier. Because of the hectic schedules, it was difficult to coordinate their travel schedules, so the husband left Minnesota and flew to Florida on Thursday with his wife flying down the following day. The husband checked into the hotel and there was a computer in his room, so he decided to send an email to his wife. However, he accidentally left out one letter in her email address and without realizing his error, sent the email. Meanwhile, somewhere in Houston, a widow had just returned home from her husband's funeral. He was a minister who was called home to glory following a heart attack. The widow decided to check her email expecting messages from relatives and friends and after reading the first message, she screamed and fainted. The widow's son rushed into the room, found his mother on the floor, and saw the computer screen which read, To my loving wife, I've arrived. I know you're surprised to hear from me. They have computers here now, and you're allowed to send emails to your loved ones. I've just arrived and have been checked in. I've seen that everything has been prepared for your arrival tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you then. Hope your journey is as uneventful as mine. P.S. Sure is hot down here. <laughs> so, you gotta be careful, you know, sending those emails. Make sure it goes to the right person. And but no, I mean, can you imagine uh, getting a message like that? And tomorrow, what in the world? And you know, I, I've said it all the time. You know that hey, you know when I whenever I die, I kind of hope to be martyred. And you say, you know, why? Well, because there's a special reward for being martyred. But I don't want it to be today, and I don't want it to be tomorrow. But uh, we, but the truth is. We can't stop tomorrow. Those days are going to come. The days, that, the things that we don't want to happen. And all of us in here, we probably have things that we fear, things that we hope will never happen, things that maybe we lay awake at night and worry about. But the truth is, we can't stop tomorrow. Someday, they're going to put me into the ground. They're going to bury me. I mean, I, I hate the thought of some mortician somewhere. I, I thank God there's... Morticians, I thank God somebody takes care of the dead bodies and, and does all that stuff. But I also thank God it's not me. But I don't like the thought of one of those guys, you know, getting me dressed and taking care of my body. And they usually put makeup on dead people. I don't want to wear makeup, but I don't know if people are going to want to see me without it after I'm dead. And truth is, I can't stop. I can't stop tomorrow from coming. Samuel, once he had gotten this word, this word was from the prophet Samuel, even though it was, though it was after he died, and there was no stopping it. And sure enough, Saul died the next day in battle. Saul's son died the next day in the battle. Another thing we need to realize too about tomorrow is 
that there is no guarantee of tomorrow. Go to Luke chapter 12 in your Bibles. Luke chapter 12. Remember that first it said, "Boast not thyself of tomorrow." I mean, we've just we've got this. sometimes we almost get an arrogant attitude, you know, thinking we've got everything all planned out, thinking we've got everything all figured out. We have no idea what can come in a day that can just change everything. It could be maybe a diagnosis, maybe one day it could be it could be a pain that you have, something that you feel wrong, and you go to the doctor and they give you news, the last news that you ever wanted to hear, news that you know it was possible that it could happen. To you, there are some that are in, in this room that they have gotten that bad news before. The news that everybody fears that they would get, and they've had to go through some of those difficult things. But the truth is, there is no guarantee of tomorrow. Luke chapter 12, verse 16 says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. This guy was just planning for his future. Hey, he's, he's just planning for his retirement. There's nothing wrong with making future plans, planning for a retirement. But notice what God says about him in verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night, Thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. God called this man a fool. He had all the earthly stuff figured out. He had all of that planned. He had tomorrow. I mean, he was ready for tomorrow, but God, but the problem is he was only ready concerning earthly things. His soul was not ready. And God looked at him and financially speaking, I'd say we could say this guy was wise. But in reality, with what's important, this man was a fool. He forgot about his soul. He was not right with God. This man was not saved. And he's thinking, I've got all these years ahead of me. But God said, hey, while you're making all these plans, you don't even realize that tonight is your last night. Tonight is your soul is going to be required. And the truth is, I imagine most people, you know, we don't get to talk to them after they die. But I imagine most people probably get surprised that day that they die. One of the saddest pictures I've seen, I think it's good sometimes to go back and look at some of these things even though they're not pleasant. But I've seen some of the pictures on 9-11 where you see the people up in the building just kind of standing there looking out the window. People In these pictures, you know that they, they died. There was no way they were going to be able to go down. And many of them, they jumped. They figured falling and being smashed was better than being burnt to death. And you look at those pictures and you know none of them expected that to happen that day. These are young people. Some of them in the prime of their life. They're out there working their jobs, trying to get that paycheck, trying to provide for their families, trying to plan for the future. They had no idea what was going to happen. They, didn't ha- they were planning for tomorrow. They were working for tomorrow, but they didn't have a tomorrow. Because the truth is, there's no guarantee of tomorrow. Tomorrow, it also just, it may not be anything like you're expecting. But, now knowest not what a day may bring forth. You know, last, um, 
After my grandmother died, you know, we were planning that week to go there to LaSalle, visit with them. We were planning on going to the uh, revival meeting at my dad's church and just have a good time and uh, just enjoy, you know, uh, you know, reminiscing about the blessings of the last 25 years at the church, talking about what God has done. But we got news that night that changed it all. Both of the pastors that, uh, that preached during that meeting, they changed the messages that they were planning on preaching because you know, there was just this great loss that had been suffered and they felt that this was more appropriate. It, none, it wasn't what any of them were planning. We were, they were supposed to have a meeting on Thursday and Friday night. They had to cancel those meetings. I was supposed to be preaching there Thursday. I, I was looking forward to it. I was excited about doing that. But instead, on Thursday, I was driving to Arkansas. It wasn't what I planned. It wasn't what I expected to do. But a day changed everything. And you've all been through those things before. You, there's, you, you've lost loved ones. You've lost the people that you care about and it changed your life. Now, there's been you know, maybe events. There's you know, maybe an accident somebody has that it changes all their plans. Maybe some athlete, they plan on being the greatest in their sport, but maybe they have an injury. And that injury changes it all. People sometimes in their jobs, things will happen where they will go and plan on maybe working that job until they retire. and Maybe a mistake, an accident, and it changes it where they can't do that job anymore. Maybe they get fired. Maybe that company goes out of business. Boy, I mean, one thing that really can get people's spirits down sometimes is that loss of a job. Maybe the place decides to close down and it just, they had all these plans and it all got changed because of what happened. In a day, tomorrow may be nothing like you're expecting. We're not going to take time to read through all of it, but in Job chapter 1, probably read the story there. If you haven't, I challenge you to read Job chapter 1 and 2. In Job, a man that loved God, a man that was doing everything right, he went one day to go pray for his children. Well, that's a good thing to do. That's a good practice, but that day, all ten of his children died in one day. He lost all of his possessions in one day. But I want you to, I want you to go ahead and go to Job chapter 1. I want you to look at this verse because this is getting, I might be getting a little ahead of myself here. But I, I love what Job said. He loses everything. In verse 19, um, or verse 20, after Job hears this, said, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Now, he's, he's in mourning here. He's upset. He's humbling himself. But yet, he's worshiping God. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Job's next day, his tomorrow, was not anything like he was expecting. He was expecting to have his kids. He was expecting to have his possessions. But he lost it all. But I love how he said that. Hey, I came into this world with nothing. I came in naked. Your parents, when you you were born, they had to dress you. They had to put something on you. They had to feed you. They had to give you. You came in with nothing. We leave with nothing. That's That's the way it is. But Job had the right attitude. Even though his tomorrow was going to be nothing like he expected... And then also, in, uh, you don't have to turn there, but in James chapter 4, verse 13, we see that tomorrow is going to be here a lot quicker than you think. 
Verse 13 says, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That ought to be our attitude. Listen, there's a lot of things I plan on doing, but we ought to always have the mindset, Lord willing. If the Lord will, if it's the Lord's will. Hey, I plan on being here next Sunday. That's my plan. But if the Lord does, has something else, we don't know what events can happen between now and next week. And I know a lot of this probably sounds kind of doom and gloom, and I'm not trying to do that, and I hope I'm not getting you down and getting you discouraged today. But if we're honest, we'll admit that we've all experienced some of these things. If, if right now we gave folks a chance to give testimonies, you could, you could tell stories. You know firsthand you've experienced some of these things. Some that would, I mean, it would, it would break our hearts if we heard it. So how do we prepare for these things since these days are going to come? Because I mean, honestly, I, I do. I always knew that one of these days I would go to my grandparents' funeral, but yet when it came, um, it didn't necessarily make me feel any better. And I, and it's not something. So uh, I, I wasn't expecting it to happen tomorrow. But so, how do we prepare for it? Well, I believe the way to prepare for tomorrow is one to focus on today. Psalms 118, verse 24 says, "This is the day which the Lord hath made; we will rejoice and be glad in it." Since there is no guarantee of tomorrow, what we ought to be focusing on is today. Hey, what does God want me to do today? What is God's will for my life? Today, and it always bothers me. Young people uh, sometimes have a tendency to always be talking about, well, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to just wait and see what God has for me in the future. Well, why don't you figure out what God has for your present? If you would figure out what God has for you today, you're going to be in a much better position to end up where He wants you in the future. If you're out of God's will today, you're probably going to be out of His will tomorrow. Focus on today. Don't put things off. Matthew chapter 25. Verse 1 says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Notice in this story how all ten of them were kind of planning for the same thing. They're planning for a marriage. But only five of them, who the Bible calls wise, were ready. 
prepared themselves for it. The ones who didn't prepare said foolish. They were both expecting the same thing. Everybody in here, we're all expecting to eventually die. We're all expecting things to come to an end. But some prepare, some don't prepare. Those who prepare, the Bible says, are wise. Those who don't are foolish. Sometimes they just put it off. They knew they were going to need this, but they, they just waited. Why? I don't know. But they put it off. They probably thought they had more time. We believe that Jesus Christ someday is going to come back. Some people are preparing for His return. Some are thinking, ah, it's ways off. But one of these days, well, we're not expecting it. He's showing up. And then it's going to be too late. And that's what happened with these foolish virgins that the Bible talks about. And I think just three things that people unfortunately put off way too long. And one is salvation. Don't, don't put off salvation. Listen, if the Lord's speaking to your heart about salvation, don't wait around for that. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We don't know what a day might bring forth. We don't know what's coming up. So since salvation is the most important thing, the Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Salvation, that ought to be one of the main things that we take care of. Hey, you want to prepare for tomorrow? Are you saved? If you're saved, you've made... That's, a, that's the most important thing you could do to prepare. Make sure you have Jesus Christ in your heart. That way, you're at least your eternal destination, it's secure. It's taken care of. You know where you're going. You know, it's sad how many people, they'll go out, and I'm all for this, they will go and they will get their tombstones made ahead of time. I'd be kind of creeped out by that, going to a graveyard and seeing my name on a tombstone. I know there's no death date on it, but hey, some people do that. They're, trying, they're wanting to be prepared. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Some folks they'll go they'll get they'll pick out their caskets. Go coffin shopping. Hey. <laughs> so I'm not really thinking about that right now. But hey, people some people they do that. They'll prepare for all those things. They'll get their wills all prepared. They want they got every item that they have. They want to figure out they want to make sure it goes to certain people. Nothing wrong with that. It's a that's a very wise thing to do. That that's nothing wrong with that. But some of these same people the last person they think about is themselves. And hey, what's going to happen after I go? Where am I going to spend eternity? That's the first thing you ought to take care of. Don't put off salvation. Also, don't put off witnessing. Well, that's one of the, one of the main reasons. Like I said, I, I, I love the thought of heaven. I can't wait to see heaven. But at the same time, I don't want to go right now. And one of the reasons is, there's people I want to see get saved first. Hey, I've got child number six coming along. I want to see them get saved first. How do I know my wife might not marry some bum after I if after I go and he might get them out of church and I mean who knows what could happen? I, I'm not waiting around for that. I'm, I'm sticking around. <laughs> At least that's my plan to stick around because I want to, I want to see that happen. There's people I want to see get saved. I want to witness to them. That's why we don't want to wait. You know, don't, I mean, a lot of people get saved on their deathbeds and thank God for that. But boy, that's, I wouldn't recommend waiting for that. Some people die in car accidents. Some people, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to die. Boy, if you're paranoid about things, they've got some TV show like A Thousand Ways to Die or something. And there's all these crazy ways people are dying. I mean, you, you can die from just about anything. And boy, if I wasn't saved, I'd, I'd, I, there's no way I'd watch that show. I'd have, I'd be scared to death. But you know, we don't want to, we don't want to put things off. Don't put off witnessing. Don't put off service. You know, when we, when we get to heaven, we're going to be with Christ for eternity. 
But the rewards we get for serving Him, they only come from what we do down here on earth. Right now, is the, the treasures that we're going to have in heaven, we lay up while down here on earth. We build those treasures down here on earth. Don't put off serving God. Well, I'll do it someday after I get past this point in my life or after I do this. Then I'll start serving God. No, don't put that off. Don't wait. Start serving God now. Get involved in the service of God now. You know, be faithful to the house of God now. A lot of a lot of young people they do that. You know that a lot of churches they complain because they have a tough time getting young people in. And you know, most young people, if you go and talk to them, they plan on going to church eventually. We had a bus route for years uh, in LaSalle. They still have it going on over there. I worked in it, and I talked to these parents all the time, and you know they wanted their kids in church, and they eventually were they eventually were going to start going to church. But boy, you know, months and years would pass, and they just they wouldn't do it. They just kept putting it off. And boy, you think about just all the rewards they missed during that time that they wasted. Don't put it off. Usually, when you put those things like that off. Sometimes you might put it off for the rest of your life. There's people out there today that are not in church that have been planning on going to church for 50 years. They haven't done it. Don't put it off. But don't, don't worry about the future. Just do what needs to be done. So we've talked about some scary things and I guess you know we had to do that to kind of get your attention. But these things are reality. But yet the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. This passage, when it says take no thought, it's not saying you're not allowed to think about it. It's not saying you're not allowed to prepare for your future. It's not saying that at all. It's, it's talking about worry. It's talking about worrying and obsessing about these things. Because you know how many people are alive today who for years maybe have been worrying about dying? And you just want to ask these folks, are you dead right now? So why did you worry about it all this time? You just wasted all that time worrying and it did absolutely nothing. You know how many people are worrying about starving to death? That right, They have what they need right now? It's like, hey... You're still alive. You've been worrying for five years about this and you haven't started it. You obviously worried for nothing, didn't you? Did you know most of the things that we worry and obsess about are things that never happen? I mean, my wife, she's got a little bit of hypochondriac. She's got a little bit of a hypochondriac. If she hears about a sickness, 
she's got the symptoms. I mean, she's, she's been convinced that she's had every disease known to man. And she likes watching doctor shows and things, and I don't know why, it just gives her more diseases that she can learn about to think that she might have. And you know, and it's like, oh, I think I might have this. You know, this could be terrible, but you probably don't. So why worry about it? But we, you know, we could die from this. So this could happen. Yeah, but it's probably not going to happen. So I'm not going to worry about it. And God said, "Don't listen." It's some of the, most of the things that we worry about. There's nothing we can do to change it. Well, what if a meteor hits the Earth tomorrow? What if an asteroid just destroys our planet? Well, you know what? I don't have an ability to stop an asteroid. Therefore, I'm not going to worry about it. And it's probably not going to happen anyway. So why waste time worrying about it? And notice in that last verse we read, He said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know what Jesus is pretty much saying here? Is you know what? There's going to be plenty of bad stuff happen to you in the future. There is. Jesus, listen, He he wasn't Joel Osteen trying to sweet talk you and telling you everything's wonderful and great. Jesus told the truth. alright? And He said, hey, there's going to be plenty of bad days that are going to come. I'm not going to lie to you. We're going into winter. Some of y'all are going to get sick. You're going to get colds. You're going to get flus. You're going to get an infection. I mean, things are going to happen. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we should sit around worrying about it. We should not ruin today. I mean, I mean, would that be selfish of you or of me if today I just I came walking to the church and. And I'm just sitting up here maybe 10 minutes before. I'm not greeting anybody. I'm not shaking anybody's hands. I'm just sitting there moping around. I, I'm, I'm looking mad. I get up to preach. I'm having a bad attitude. I'm like, you know, folks, I really don't feel like being here today. I've got, I've got a lot on my mind. I've got a lot really eating at me and bothering me. But I'm just, I've got a good excuse. I'm afraid that I'm going to get strep throat this winter. Hey, listen. And you know, and listen. If I'm in a bad mood, it's going to affect everybody in here. And I'm in a bad mood, worrying about something that might not happen. And then, you know, maybe I do. Maybe this one I do get struck. Though, see, I had a reason to be in a bad mood. No, you didn't, because that bad mood did not cause you to get strep throat, and it didn't do anything to prevent you from getting strep throat. All you did was ruin your day and ruined all of our day. We were coming trying to get something from the Word of God, and all you did was put us in a bad mood. And you know, people do that all the time with worrying, and most of the time, it's stuff that we cannot control, and we so we don't know. When we're going to die. We don't know where we're going to die. We don't know how we're going to die. If I knew I was going to die in a car, I'd probably just start riding a motorcycle everywhere. I mean, I'd come up with some way to avoid it. And, but we don't know these things, so to sit around worrying about it, what we are doing is we're wasting today. We're wasting that good time that we have. There's been people that have suffered great losses. There's people who have lost children and the loss tore them up so much. And I can't even imagine what that would be like to lose a child. They never want to have another one because they don't ever want to have to suffer another loss like that. But the problem is, because they're afraid of that loss, they miss out on many joys. And I'm telling you, my kids as devastated as I would be if I lost one of them. I'm glad I've had all the joys that I've had with them. 
I don't think I would be better off. I don't think Job would have been better off if he'd have just never had anything. You know, there's people out there that have never had anything. Job, he had ten children. He had great possessions. There's people out there, they've never had two nickels to rub together. They've never had any children. Who do you think? Say, well, I'd rather be them because at least they never lost anything. Yeah, but they never had anything either. And what we ought to be doing is enjoying today. That's, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to enjoy today. Philippians 4.4 said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Say, well, you know what? Paul didn't know what I was going through. He doesn't know what I'm going through right now. But you know what Paul was going through when he wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He was in prison. He was in prison. Rejoicing in the Lord. Paul in the book of Acts was in prison. And he's singing praises to the Lord. Paul rejoice in the Lord. He was enjoying the day that God had given him. Hey, thank God we have an out. It's beautiful out today. I mean, I, I, I love the sunshine. I love this time of year. I mean, pre, we're pretty soon we're going to be into fall. I love the fall season. But you know what? I could get in a bad mood. Like, you know, fall. You know what that means. That means winter's coming up. And I, Listen, I hate winter. <laughs> I mean, I hate it. And I've, compl- I've complained about the cold for years. And the Lord's making me pay for it. Now I'm working in a freezer. And <laughs> a really cold freezer. But hey, you know, we, could, we could all do that. But hey, why not enjoy today? Well, yeah, it's nice today. But have you seen the forecast for tomorrow? Uh, we're probably going to be getting rain. Well, enjoy the nice weather today then. Okay, bad things are going to happen. We're going to have bad weather. We're going to have snowstorms. But we're not today. So let's go ahead and enjoy today. And then lastly, Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14. Another thing that we need to do to prepare for tomorrow and to help us, and we prepare for tomorrow by focusing on today. Philippians 3.13 said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. One of the things that... There are so many people today that are miserable, they're grumpy, and people that they don't want to go to church, they don't want to have anything to do with the things of God. And if you ask them why... Why don't you want to go to church? Why are you in such a bad mood? Why are you such a sourpuss? Fifty years ago, in my church, this person did whatever. Fifty years ago? Really? That's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna. I'm never going to church again. I, I I hear that from people all the time. I'll go invite somebody to church. I don't go to church. You know, and they get all real proud and haughty about it. Oh, really? Why don't you go to church? I don't want to be around all the hypocrites. Oh, really? You saw a phony in church. Wow, congratulations. I mean, that's going to happen. That's there. That's no excuse not to be a part of it. And think of all the joys that they miss out on. All those years because of something that happened in the past. Listen, folks, bad things are going to happen in church. I'm, I'm going to get up here someday and I'm going to probably bore you to tears with the message that I preach. I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to preach a dud. It's going to be a flop. You might be thinking that today, but you don't miss out on all the future blessings because of one bad thing. Somebody might come up and sing a special. It'll probably be me and it'll just sound terrible. Their voice will crack. It'll be off key. And, But you don't quit and let that change your whole future because of something that happened in the past. Paul said, hey, I'm pressing toward the mark. And one of the things he had to do is he had to forget about the things that were behind him. 
You know what was behind Paul? There were some pretty horrible things. There were some horrible things that he did before he got saved. He had to forget about those. He could have sat around obsessed about those. There was things that he that had been done to him since he'd been a Christian. But you know what? Hey, I was in you know I was in prison before. Now I'm present toward the mark. Hey, I was I was getting beaten. But that was before. I was shipwrecked before. That happened in the past. I've been through all that. I've been beaten with rods. I've been stoned. I've been I've been beat with a whip. I've had all that stuff happen. But that was all before. Today I'm not being beat. Today I'm not sick. Today I'm not dying. Today I'm healthy. Today I'm able to do what I need to do. And if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing today, when that tomorrow finally does come, I'll be able to say like Paul, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. But I've got to be doing what I'm supposed to do today. Hey, I'm, I'm glad to see all of you that are doing what you're supposed to do today. You're in the house of God. It's where you're supposed to be. There's going to come a day where you might not be able to anymore. Maybe your health won't allow it. Something's, uh, there. But today, while you can, you're doing it. It would be ridiculous. If you got, we got younger, younger people here. Brother Manez is like, you know, I'm going to quit coming to church. Why are you going to quit coming to church? Because one of these days I'm going to get old and I'm not going to be able to anymore and I'm, going to, I'm not going to be able to get out. And so I just, and it's going to be devastating to me, so I might as well just quit now. But why don't you just wait until that day comes? Because it might not come. I've, I've heard of preachers, this, you might think this sounds terrible, but I don't know if it would be so bad. I've heard of preachers who died preaching, had a heart attack while they're behind the pulpit. Hey, that's called dying with your boots on right there. And that's not bad. And we, that's how we prepare tomorrow by focusing on today. So let's all stand together. Heads bowed and eyes closed.